Welcome to What If. I'm your host, Kareem Ostakny. Today, we've got a good friend of mine here, uh, Benjamin Lauterbach, who is an award-winning content creator. He writes uh, stage plays. He worked in TV, writes as a journalist for one of the most important weekly newspapers in Germany, Zeit and Zeit Online, and is currently the digital content director for a creative agency in Frankfurt. Benjamin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How did you got into content creating? When did it start? Oh, it started quite early. Um, when I was about 16 or 17, I was an exchange student in Nebraska in the USA. And we had a very early class. It was like 6.30 in the, in the morning. It was called driver's education. So we learned how to drive a car. And um, actually, it was quite boring because in Nebraska, there are not many street lights and road signs. And there's not really a lot to learn. And when we had our theory lessons, uh, I was always done quite quickly with the questionings, uh, uh, questionnaires. And I started writing... Well, what I now would probably call poems on the side of the paper uh, mm. without really knowing what was happening. It was simply an outlet. Right. And uh, I continued to write from there on. And after, let's say, two or three years, I got more serious about the form of it and about eventually wanting to wanting people to read it. So mm. I professionalized it. I see. How does it differentiate the three different kinds of writing, like writing a stage play, writing for a newspaper, and also working now and writing for um, clients at the creative agency? Um, I think it's a, a there's a big difference actually. It it has less in common than most people would think. Um, the the thing they have in common is that it is a creative act. Whether you write for a company. <clears throat> Sorry, whether you write for a company and uh, you have to think about the recipient uh, of your writing uh, or if you write a poem that uh, needs to be verbally and um, verbally inspiring and uh, needs to have a sensual touch to it so people can relate to it and feel what is said in the poem. It's a totally different approach, actually. And when you're writing when you're writing journalistic texts, mm. uh, it's actually quite crucial that you keep yourself out of the text as much as you can. While, while if you're writing a creative text uh, or a theater play or something like that, there's always a lot of you and a lot of involvement uh, in the text while the process of creating. What kind of involvement do you mean? Well, it's about things that matter to you. I don't think any writer would write a stage play, a novel or a poem about something that he isn't touched by. Mm -hmm. So the subjects that I write about when I do the creative writing are usually things that are quite near to me. Mm. I wouldn't write about, let's say, ice skating. Right. Because I for one thing, have no idea about rice, uh, ice skating, and I'm not really interested in ice skating. So it probably would not be something that I would put my main character into. Let's say I have a main character and she is a, an ice skating uh, uh, queen or something. I probably wouldn't write about that. Okay. But it's interesting that you say it because uh, this talk that we have is all about being creative and going outside of our uh, comfort zone a little bit. 
what if we were having the task or you would have the task uh, for writing a little story right now? Uh, mm -hmm. Let's dive into it and let's try to create a little story about a totally new character and a new story. Okay. And see where this is going. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind at the moment? Well, I'm always challenged by tasks, so I'm quite curious what is the starting point or is there no starting point? There is no starting point at the moment. Oh, okay. You want to know a story? Oh, we just create something right now. Okay. Oh, I would most definitely create something about Frankfurt, about the business area, about the, the change in economics worldwide, about the pressure of the use towards the big companies and firms, and eventually there will be pressure on the banks as well. Mm -hmm. So I would pick probably a man, Okay. because I'm a man, and if I have a main figure, I should... It's always and I, I, I've read many books where men wrote about women being the main figure, and some of them really did very well. Mm -hmm. But I would say seventy percent didn't do so well. Okay. So I would take the sure shot here for our little experiment. <laughs> I would write about a man that is probably above fifty. Okay. And has has twenty plus or maybe even 25 plus uh, years of job experience okay. and always felt quite secure about uh, how things were managed, how deals mm -hmm. were done, how uh, especially the men communicated with each other. Mm -hmm. And then I would, uh, there's, a, there's a golden rule in writing, um, sh showing not telling it's called. So we cannot tell the story or we, we could, but we shouldn't tell the story um, uh, by saying uh, our main character, let's call him Frank. Frank is sad. Mm -hmm. How does he look like, Frank? Well, Frank has brown hair, uh, is always sh shaved well, is always wearing a blue suit, black shoes, black belt, because he knows that brown shoes and brown belt in the business environment is not appropriate. He's somebody who does what is called appropriate. You know, he, okay. he behaves appropriately. He's friendly, but not too friendly because he um, is in a position now uh, in the firm and also in his life where he doesn't need to justify his actions, but he has never learned to behave differently. Mm. And that's what makes it so interesting because now you have all the changes coming in. You know, uh, banks right. are being criticized, investment banking is going down, uh, women are on the rise, uh, the deals cannot be made anymore while in a mm -hmm. club drinking a cocktail because that's not the way that there's compliance rules and so on and so on. And now he needs to change his behavior mm -hmm. and adapt his behavior to the modern world so, that is evolving and he has because he is so old he's what everybody calls a white heterosexual elderly man 50 is not too old mm. uh, he resents it but since since he always does what he feels is appropriate he tries to adapt it and that will cause an inner crisis within him 
this inner crisis is the thing that is interesting mm -hmm. not the business world not the everybody knows about the business world about the pressure of the use about the compliance rules and so on but the inner the psychological movements of this man from being totally sure about himself towards being totally unsure about himself the future in the end this movement is what interests me mm -hmm. is uh, frank married or is he single i would say he's single for if you ask me now it's my stomach feeling okay uh, um, I think the, the characters of creative writing subjects, they, they grow on you. Right. And usually they o oppose themselves on you. So you can probably ask me many, many questions. I will definitely tell you, like he's an existing character already after, I don't know, three minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Frank has always been that kind of guy probably that has done the right thing, everything in order. And the right thing to get where he is, not the right thing morally or ethically. Oh, okay. The right thing to get to the point where he is in his life. He's very well earning. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he owns an apartment. He really likes the Frankfurt way of life, the contrast right. between the dark uh, train station area and the drugs and the... I don't know, the, the, the hip hop crowd and, and mm. the dance clubs and so on when he was younger, of course, but uh, he likes the contrast. He likes to be on top of all of that in his skyscraper bank, which sounds like a cliche, mm -hmm. but it's actually... But what is his motivation to do that that way? There is, for very many people, there is no motivation except that they're thinking that they're doing the smart thing. I mean, we all do we all do whatever we do because we think we're uh, right in doing so. So whoever, if, if you ask a firefighter, why are you so sure that you're doing the right thing? Be then he will say, because I always wanted to help people. And I think if you're in a bank and you worked your way up, you, you like the power of finance and you always wanted to earn good money, mm. And I think and you wanted to do something that has maybe a national impact, if not a global impact. Right. And so his motivation was not to be an accountant or a worker in a local bank behind right. the counter. Uh, he wanted to do business on a bigger scale. But I don't see him as an investment guy, actually, uh, or a trader. I would see him as somebody that people come to if they want to do loan money for bigger projects, something like that. Also something quite decent. Mm. But in the older days, these deals were done differently than they are done today. Okay, understood. And um, is Frank someone who takes care of his health as well? Or is he just more focused on partying and enjoying life? Neither. Okay. He's actually boring. He probably... Very average then. Very average. He will... I think he could even take the, the train, the subway in the morning to work. Right. Um, even though he could afford maybe a taxi every day. Yeah. Um, no, I don't see him jogging or in a fitness studio. Okay. I think he likes to walk, take walks on the weekend to calm down. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see him as a sportive guy, no. Okay. But he is still, you would say, a career-driven person? Not so much anymore because he achieved, he knows he is not hungry enough to make it to the top mm. and he's not uh, 
bad enough or how could you say put, put that uh, not he, he's uh, good enough in his job not to uh, drop down to lower levels okay. so he's actually at the point where he always envisioned himself he, he reached his uh, his goal there and he's up to the point where things start changing quite content with everything okay what happened in frank's childhood that he became the person he is now I would say he is the only child. He was the only child, and his parents were interested, but not too interested in him. Um, I would envision his mother to not have been working because those were the times where women did not, not all the women did work back mm -hmm. in the days. Um, I would, but I would think that she was also not the type of woman who would stay at home and look after Frank all the time. I would envision her to have hobbies or, I don't know, maybe a, a, a group of friends that always did stuff together. And I would envision Frank to be alone quite often mm -hmm. and to have a lot of friendships, actually, but none were too deep. I see. Actually, that's something I think we can see when we look at economic stu uh, university courses and so on. Mm -hmm. I, I had a few close friends out of these circles, but we were close friends with the other economic students. They were not too close friends because already then in the studies, they all looked after themselves more mm -hmm. than after each other. Oh, that's because it is. This was like, I don't want to say the names of the universities, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, it were universities where you are trained to succeed mm. and you don't succeed in these businesses if you take too much care about you, the person next to you. You, know, right. you have to look after your own uh, improvements. I see. And I was totally different. Um, uh, I was too much interested about the others um, and we had a circle of friends who we always helped each other out and so on. Mm -hmm. But none of us made the careers of the people that we were estranged mm -hmm. by because they were so self-centered. They, oh, wow. they are the ones who actually made the bigger careers. So you had quite a different life than to Frank in, in your childhood at least. Uh, yeah, my parents were, but my parents were also interested in stuff, doing stuff on their own. And I was also the only child. Mm -hmm. So maybe there you have it. It's something I can relate to and right. I know something about. If I would write about Frank being uh, one of four ch male children of a couple who's really into family life, right. I would have different difficulties. I mm. mean, that's a task I could probably uh, uh, manage. Mm -hmm. While writing about a female main character being an ice skating mm -hmm. hero, I would have more problems. Okay. Uh, Do you think some writers uh, put their main characters very based on their own experience, or they, uh, they have like such an imagination that they just go go completely out uh, the limits? Oh, this is going to be uh, a dangerous statement. I think that. I would say that nearly every character in any book is at least inspired by somebody. Um, but I don't think that authors do it knowingly. I think that the characters, they are put together in their heads by certain um, uh, 
ways characters are in their uh, friendships and so on. So let's say um, I would put Frank together out of six or seven people I have mm -hmm. met and known. And of course, I would say if I'm being interviewed and I would say it and I would believe it that he has nothing to do with anybody I've ever met. Right. But I think it's wrong. Okay, somewhere in your subconscious Some, in Somewhere in the subconscious there uh, is a connection. Okay. How did Frank felt as a kid when he was m most times more lonely? How did he feel? Oh, he wasn't really lonely. I think he has also felt like these this is just the way things are. I don't think, uh, maybe he would be invited to a different family and he would see, oh, okay, this is a little different than ours. But he was not abused. It was quite boring, actually. Mm. And um, that's why he chose a very normal lifestyle, very normal studies, very normal career ambition and so on. So he's, uh, uh, this is not the interesting part. Actually, it is the interesting part because while being so normal and basic with one wish making it uh, making it to a high level in a in a bank mm -hmm. is maybe because he is the only child for one thing he always was the center at home if th his parents were home and uh, that gives you a little um uh, feeling of this should be also the case when I go to a party or to a job and so on. So that's something that only childs need to learn. It's not all about themselves. Okay. So that's maybe one thing that he why he wanted to be in a little bit of power. Mm. Uh, but actually, the the basicness of his life that got him where he is now is a crucial part of why for us the story later will become interesting, because he would be one that would say. Why should we change things? We are very successful and we have always done it this and that way. Mm. So this is probably what the auto industry was thinking for 20 years. Yeah, right. Nice that everybody's coming up with e-automobile right. stuff, uh, but we're so successful. Why should we change anything? And now it's 2 to 12 and mm. they're all uh, uh, on fire creating E -mobile. Before we go deeper into that point, um, do you think Frank has a secret that he's not sharing with anyone? Yeah, what, what is shameful in our days? Absolutely nothing is shameful. I mean, I would probably think he, he might go to, I don't know, an erotic massage twice a week and tries to hide that from his uh, friends or, or, or colleagues, or he maybe he has maybe more in the in the past, maybe taken a few drugs, uh, but nothing is shameful anymore. Okay. So we won't uh, we won't interest anybody reading that story if we mm. talk about his visits right. to a prostitute. Uh, even the story has been told a million times that he might be a little in love with his prostitute or something like that. That's all very boring. Yeah, I think the main thing that is interesting in our days is how quickly the world is changing right and how we're running out of time and frank is running out of time on many different levels he's running out of time because he's getting old mm -hmm. he's running out of time because he doesn't want to change his way the ways he does business but knows that he probably needs to 
and because the change that is demanded by the outside world, outside of the bank and out of outside of his business environment, the demand for change is so strong uh, that it puts everybody under pressure. And those are the things. And what all of these things do to him, to his insides, how desperate he will feel very quickly because he knows he is not fit enough anymore. He is too slow. The mm. use is uh, pushy. And uh, there's women coming in doing a totally different way of business now. And, and, and his old ways of going to have a drink with the CEO of this and that company isn't working anymore because right. of compliance rules. The, all of that pressure uh, is interesting because it will be a metaphor for our whole society. It will, um, there's young and very agile societies, and then there's the German society that is very slow and changing mm. and uh, very much afraid that all the things that it has accomplished is at, are at stake now. And that's why even the liberals are quite conservative just at this very moment in mm. this country because they are afraid if we put uh, install change too quickly, we might lose it all. And that's exactly what Frank will mm. feel. Can you give us more insight into Frank's mind and mindset about this change? How does he deal with that? Well, he will deal with it, well, based on his character, he will probably deal with it uh, agreeing to all the changes. He will say, okay, uh, he's not in the position deciding that. He's not at the top of the bank. So the bank uh, will be under pressure by media or activists and so on, and, mm -hmm. and or, or even by business partners. Young startups with a lot of money will say, we don't like the way you, your bank uh, behaves. Um, so they will start changing stuff and will distribute it um, via meetings or emails. So emails, of course, for smaller changes. And he will always say, okay, so if that's so, then it is so. And he will, his subconscious will have the bigger problem with that. You know, he will probably feel a little anger and resentment and he will talk to people and he will be always have been the correct friendly type. Now he will start, his temper will show, mm. you know, he will, he will try to fight something. He will mm. question stuff. Right. For the first time in his life, because uh, is it uh, we we are at the point of a great disruption in his life. So if you disrupt people, they will fight for what they know and what they like and what they are used to. Uh, so he will do all these things, and we, he will be basically shocked by himself at some point. You can. It's like a volume a volume switch. Mm -hmm. uh, you can. Uh, the higher you turn the volume up. Um, meaning the more changes you put on his shoulders, uh, the more he will react, of course. Of course. Mm. So do you think he will look in the mirror and ask himself, who am I? No, I think he will know much better who he is. He will not even have to ask himself that. He will be uh, thinking, where have I been all these years? And what is the right thing to do now? Should I stand up against this? I mean, we see it in all of society. If you have a university professor calling a bluff of activists, we have that several times, mm -hmm. they're done at the moment. So there's a very fine line at the moment. 
you, you need to argue very carefully if you're against progress. So that's meaning you can turn the volume very high up mm. <clears throat> if you have a character who's, who's not ready after a while of agreeing to everything, then comes a, can, comes a part where he starts thinking about changes and think, is this really a good idea? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, in the end, uh, probably resents it to, uh, to an extent where he starts stating his opinion and then he will really get in trouble. Mm, but don't you think this whole change are also an opportunity for him? Excuse me, I didn't. Don't you think that also all these changes that are happening to Frank, it's also an opportunity for him? It is, but he's too old. It's like when old people say or said 20 years ago, I don't need a computer, I'm 60. Um, then they, they bought a computer when they were 75 and mm. asking themselves, what have I done the last 15 years? Uh, usually older people and especially the ones who were very successful in, in a certain system mm. are not really too happy about change and they don't see it as an opportunity. That's, right. that, that's why at bars you hear, well, when men are talking in these days, you hear a lot of anti-feminist talk. Mm. because up front they're going with the flow because they know it's the right thing to do on, on the logical level, but they need their, their dirty little, little jokes right. to get back to where they thought they were. So they don't really see it as an opportunity. Not yet. It takes time. And with Frank, it will always uh, also take time, I think. Okay. I mean, I agree with that because every change for the brain means reallocation of energy and habits. And mm -hmm. that costs energy, right? And that energy, the brain doesn't want to use for that. Exactly. So the question that I have with Frank is how will he adapt to those changes? And do you think there is a possibility where he will thrive in his world of change despite his age? Actually, not the Frank I, that I have in my mind. He has, let's say, 13 years till retirement. And what happens to people like Frank is that the companies will put them in some kind of position where they can't do any harm, but where they can very carefully do their work. So in my head, I don't know if that's the most interesting story we can tell, but at the moment, the story ends with he will be more and more resenting the changes. He will fight them or challenge them at least. Mm. In the end, he will have to give in because he has not the power to decide anything. But then people will have seen in the company his true face and they will say, okay, he's not fit for the modern agile type of workplace we're trying to install here. Mm. So they will assign him with a pro with a with a, um, a task that is somewhat like a prison because he he can do his work and he will again do his work well and there will no be no reason to fire him but he has no participation in these changes because it's it's what some feminists call dinosaur he's a dinosaur but not because he's a bad person and that's something we mix in these days very much because just because people are dinosaurs mm. or people are conservative doesn't uh, immediately mean that they are bad persons or have a bad character it's, it's just something these people are not used to the amount of change that we are installing at the moment mm. and they have difficulties adapting right uh, so 
give him give them time but since we don't have time for anything we don't have much time to save the climate and we don't right. have much time to have a 50 50 right. uh, um, an uh, equal pay equal um, percentages of, of overhead in offices between men and women and so on we don't have that much time anymore and Frank is too slow okay but I mean it's probably not only feminists who call someone dinosaur right no no but that's uh, that's an example that I had in mind because I think feminists are at a point where they say okay the ones we mm. cannot convince let's leave them behind right because there's so little movement mm. you know even now I read yesterday that our Mr. Lammert, our ex-Bundestagspräsident, uh, sorry for the German word, um, again said uh, there is no need for a Frauenquote. What is that in English? I'm sorry. Uh, but if, if you look at the parliament with 30% women and in the society we have o way over 50% women, then you see, and, and the percentages of women I think went even down a little down in the last two years, then maybe it is indeed time for more drastic changes. I don't know. Yeah, I understand. And now that we have developed a certain story about uh, his character mm -hmm. of Frank, uh, what are the missing puzzles for the story to get that little thing that is needed to make the story really interesting that you want to follow and understand how his development is? What is missing in your opinion? I think we have all the ingredients. We need a lot of time mm -hmm. and um, we probably need a lot of research because the position we will have to describe that he is in uh, should be consistent. It, if it lacks, um, if somebody writes about stuff that they have no idea about, readers will realize it. Um, I think it is not your uh, it is not hero content we have created now. Right. Hero content, usually the hero after two-thirds of the story is um, lying flat on the floor, beaten down, nothing works anymore, and then he will rise in the end. That's right. what people want to read, but it's not what will happen in this society. Right. Um, so if we want to write a true contemporary book, it needs to be a book about anger, frustration, about fighting for something that is in the past and is by some people considered to be better than what uh, the future has installed for us. And we can show what the good things about the future are, but it would be very unrealistic, at least in my opinion, uh, to, to create a Frank that in the end adapts to the changes and thrives now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's simply not what I see happening. Okay. When do you think uh, the book about Frank will be published? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, if you pay my monthly salary and say, okay, go ahead, uh, live in a little recluse town and, uh, and don't come out of this town until you have finished the book, we're talking probably six months. Okay. Can you afford that? Um, we're going to talk with the audience, <laughs> collect some money, <laughs> and then we're going to make it happen. If I write it while working, um, it probably takes one and a half years or something. Okay. Wow.
What, what takes That's normal the, for a novel? Okay. Uh, what takes if, if it's a novel? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it wouldn't. Be, it, the story we've developed doesn't fit in a short story, and mm -hmm. doesn't. If you put it in a short story, you cannot apply the rule showing not telling. Mm. You can tell the story in a short story, but then you have to tell it. Yeah. And then it's you. You. You set the borders of the story very harsh and that leaves very little room for imagination right and again i i don't think anybody is interested in but this. what is your process of writing that kind of story do you focus on writing about the character first or do you, do you just immediately start writing the whole story and then you see how it develops oh that's that differs actually i'm sorry i'm okay. um, in this case i would outline the story on sheets of paper and put it on my wall mm -hmm. and then you have um, like the storyline and you can always check at what point of the story am I at mm. and because if you like if we cannot afford my salary and I do have to continue working <laughs> then um, there will be times where I have to stop writing for a week and I will have to come back and find my way into the story again and that's why I would outline it um, uh, there with theater plays, I have written theater plays where I have not outlined anything. It's even hard to believe for myself when I read the text now. Um, but then the, the the characters speak to you and the story comes to you. Okay. It's some some mystical, so it mystical thing, even though I don't believe in mystical things. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. So um, now for the audience, for, for anyone who wants to get better in content uh, writing uh, and storytelling, what do you think should someone do who wants to become 10% better in content creation and story writing, uh, storytelling, and someone who wants, wants to become 10 times better? Oh. Okay, 10% better is quite easy, but probably something that everybody does anyway. Focus, if you want Content creation meaning writing in this case or what? I mean, focus on the thing you want to do and learn more about it. If you have written three or four successful, I don't know what, let's say novels, you need to reinvent yourself. Otherwise, you keep repeating yourself. Many great, great authors have repeatedly wrote the same book over mm -hmm. and over. Um, which is good for their fan base, but not for the world of literature. Um, so uh, stay interested and um, uh, also never start, <laughs> never stop living. It's such a terrible phrase, but if you're only writing, um, sitting at home doing your creative act and never experience anything uh, that uh, really tickles your senses, you're going to bore yourself and your audience. So that's probably the 10%. The 10 times better is probably something that not many people have in mind. And I don't even know if you can get 10 times better at anything you do, to be honest. But it's simply hard work. It is you if you write and somebody here or, or if you create anything, music, videos, ads for social media it doesn't even matter if you do that to some extent successfully you have talent you don't need to look and search inside of you for your talent you already have talent but getting 10 times better at your talent is 
meaning vig vigorously working on your talent, um, trying yourself out, uh, being very narrow-minded and only focusing a goal. You can you can set yourself one goal after the other, and not stop until you reach the goal. Write a short story that will make it into some literary magazine that is usually hard to uh, be published in and so on. So you need goals and you need to do extremely hard work. Yes. It's um, I don't I, I don't think that it will get it will make you 10 times better if you disrupt yourself with anything or if you go to India and meditate and something. Um, people have tried that over and over and over, but all the creative geniuses of the world, they work really, really hard on the stuff they put out. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what Mozart did and what age he, he died. Right. It's incredible. Or Büchner or all these uh, people that we, in retrospective, call geniuses. Mm -hmm. They worked. I mean, even Charles Bukowski, you know him? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean... People tend to think he was a drunkard and bum and so on. He wrote 45 books of poetry, six novels, and I don't know, countless short stories. If you're drunk all day, and he started writing professionally when he was like 53 or 55, and he died uh, 73 years old. So he had 18 years of writing for the amount I just told you. Wow. If he was the lazy womanizing drunkard bum that everybody think he was he would never in this world accomplished what he did mm. so whoever is a successful or genius thomas mann i mean i quote all these authors because we talked about right. writing so much but uh, probably in every field mm. i don't know how many songs uh, has bob dylan published if he was a, a, a genius who is not interested in life and the and the world and who wouldn't really sit down with his guitar every day to create stuff he would have not written the amount of songs he has so it's always a mixture of loving what you do of being inspired by stuff of not losing your interest in yeah. life and of hard work wow that's uh, some wise words. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, okay. And uh, one last question. I think in our one of our personal discussions, we had the topic around um, authenticity, like and how important it is and will become even more uh, for content creation. Also, for if you write a story, but also for brands. Mm -hmm. More did, so for brands. How do you mean that? I mean that there's an, uh, um, there's, Content will be more and more important again, luckily for all of us content creators, because we, we come out of a phase where um, the, the, to reach your target group was getting more and more easy through social media and digital marketing. We knew in the agencies, we knew better and better how to reach our target group. So in the beginning, like five or five or three years ago even, um, it was enough to have a mediocre ad or mediocre content piece um, because you were targeting your target group so well that your return on invest was quite high. Mm. Because um, before you, I don't know, you had an ad in a newspaper and only 2% of the people who bought the newspaper were really interested in the product you had to sell. Now we can put the ad for the product to the people who are 
in the process of purchasing such a product. So the return on invest for media spendings is quite low. Now everybody can do that. So we're at back at the old days again where you had a billboard mm. and you wanted to sell a car, but Mercedes, BMW and everybody wanted to sell a car, so they all booked the same billboard. So now we're back at the point, in my opinion at least, um, where you need to have the better content and the better uh, language. You need to get into the people's head and make them think about your product in a positive way, mm. not by being obnoxious or boring. So there we are, we need strong content uh, again. And um, part of strong content is always authenticity mm. or humor. Oh, humor. Okay. Yes. All right. Was that answering the questions? I got carried away. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, why it's important to be more authentic. Yeah, well, it's important to be more authentic also because in ages of social media, um, uh, word gets around about that there you have it 10 times as fast as it used <laughs> to. That's true. So if you're not authentic and if you're lying about stuff, I mean, the German car industry knows how that feels. You should be authentic. And if you screwed something up, it is so much better to say, we screwed something up, we're sorry, we're going to fix it. Then try to, there's a German saying, sit it out mm -hmm. until it fades away. It can take forever. People will basically devote their private life to showing other people what you've done wrong and so on. So you better be authentic and truthful and tr not try to screw people over. Benjamin, thank you so much for being with us. I absolutely <laughs> enjoyed the discussion with you and also your creativity. And I can't wait for the book. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> so either we will collect the money through the audience or we will find another solution. Yes. Oh, no, I'm doing fine. Uh, but <laughs> now let's go and try to uh, grab some lunch. Yes. If we still get our seat at the restaurant. <laughs> I hope so, yes. That should be fine. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much.